You're listening to What's New with Wired. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Thursday, September 1st. I'm Zeke Robison. Today, we're talking about long COVID symptoms. The condition may be common, but issues like fever, shortness of breath, and fatigue can also be signs of other illnesses. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. It was overuse of acetaminophen that finally led to Nick Peterman's cancer diagnosis. For months, the then 26-year-old had been contending with exhaustion, night sweats, recurring fevers, and abdominal pain so debilitating that she regularly woke up in the middle of the night to take soothing baths. Her persistent flu-like symptoms, she'd read online, were probably just the lingering effects of a COVID infection she'd had in January 2021. The pain was the odd symptom out, but an ultrasound had turned up nothing. Come June, the pain was too much to bear. Peterman called a telehealth hotline and was immediately referred to the hospital after the staff heard how much acetaminophen she had been taking. After extensive testing, Peterman finally had an answer. All her symptoms, including those that seemed to be long COVID, were due to stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. She started chemotherapy the next day. Today, Peterman is in remission, though she still deals with the long-term consequences of the aggressive, months-long chemo. If she hadn't assumed most of her symptoms were due to long COVID, she says, she may have received proper treatment and a diagnosis much earlier. When I went to get my pain symptoms checked out, I didn't mention the flu-like symptoms because I just thought that was something that I would have to deal with, she says. Most people with Peterman's symptoms won't end up in her position. Long COVID is common. Estimates of its prevalence vary widely, but even the most conservative studies imply that millions of people are dealing with long-lasting symptoms of their infections. Hodgkin's lymphoma, on the other hand, is rare. But with dozens of possible symptoms, long COVID can be easily confused with countless other conditions, including cardiovascular diseases such as hypertension and diabetes, autoimmune diseases like lupus and multiple sclerosis, and cancer. And the fact that COVID can make pre-existing conditions worse and determining whether or not someone has long COVID becomes a daunting task. Parsing these vast sets of alternatives has become the responsibility of clinicians on the vanguard of long COVID care, from the primary care physicians whom patients first seek out to experts who staff long COVID clinics. For each patient, they must perform a careful differential diagnosis, a medical term for the process of considering every possible cause of a patient's set of symptoms. Accurate differential diagnosis is essential not just for getting patients' care, 
but also for furthering medical understanding of a still obscure condition. We need to be cautious not to turn long COVID into a catch-all diagnosis, says Linda Jang, co-director of the Stanford Post-Acute COVID-19 Syndrome Clinic. In the absence of any objective tests, however, long COVID remains a diagnosis of exclusion, one that is made only after other reasonable possibilities have been exhausted. Recent data suggests that many patients will emerge from this process with a diagnosis not of long COVID, but of something else. A July paper in Nature that analyzed the medical records of over 2 million patients in the UK found that while 5.4% of those with a previous COVID infection had at least one long COVID symptom recorded in their charts, 4.5% without evidence of infection also had at least one symptom. In other words, long COVID symptoms are meaningfully common in people who have never contracted COVID. So even those who have had the illness might be experiencing persistent symptoms for unrelated reasons, says Shamil Harun, Associate Clinical Professor of Public Health at the University of Birmingham and the Nature Study senior author. Harun notes that these numbers are likely vast underestimates. Many doctors only write patient symptoms in the free text portion of patient charts, which the study did not examine. Similarly, an August paper published in The Lancet found that 21% of recent COVID patients in the Netherlands reported at least one symptom that worsened after their COVID infection, whereas 9% with no evidence of infection had similar symptoms. These high-level statistics are borne out by the experiences of long COVID specialists. By the time someone makes it to their clinics, they've usually already been through testing elsewhere, typically with their primary care provider, and the most obvious alternatives have been considered and rejected. And yet many patients leave these clinics with a diagnosis they did not expect. Fernando Carnavali, site coordinator of the Center for Post-COVID Care at Mount Sinai West in New York, described the situation as not uncommon. Nisha Viswanathan, co-director of the UCLA Health Long COVID Program, estimates that a quarter of the patients she sees end up diagnosed with something other than long COVID. This can be a matter of urgency. You wouldn't want to miss shortness of breath being caused by a sudden blood clot in the lungs or chest pain being caused by a heart attack, says Jason Maley, director of the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center Critical Illness and COVID-19 Survivorship Program. More often, though, differential diagnosis is a long, sometimes discouraging process that involves interrogating multiple explanations for each symptom. Patients might come in with half a dozen or more distinct complaints. Different clusters of those complaints suggest different potential explanations, creating a combinatorial explosion of diagnostic possibilities. The differential diagnosis is immense, Carnavali says. This is the challenge. That's not to say it's impossible. Doctors at specialty clinics have seen enough long COVID patients that they can identify some characteristic patterns. Michael Brode, medical director of UT Health Austin's post-COVID-19 program, says that almost all of the long COVID patients he has seen start developing their symptoms within six weeks of their infection. If there's a longer delay, he suspects something else. Symptoms that group together can help point doctors toward what that something else might be. Most of the long COVID patients Brode sees who exhibit fatigue and the sluggish thinking known as brain fog are also dealing with post-exertional malaise, extreme exhaustion after physical, mental, or emotional effort. So when a man came into his clinic with the first two symptoms but not the third, Brode suspected that something else might be going on. He eventually discovered that the patient was dealing with a large benign brain tumor. A benign brain tumor may not seem like good news. Unlike long COVID, though, it is curable. 
Clinicians don't have many tools for alleviating long COVID beyond lifestyle changes and rehabilitation exercises. While these can make an enormous difference, they don't necessarily offer the same sucker as a pill or a surgery. Even Peterman, who received a cancer diagnosis, described the relief of actually knowing what it was and knowing there was going to be a treatment. Yet a long COVID diagnosis can also be a form of solace and validation. People often come to my clinic and are just relieved for me to explain why I think their symptoms fit with what we've seen with long COVID, May Lee says. Going through a diagnostic process based on excluding other problems can be frustrating, with the patients receiving endless normal test results despite feeling that something is wrong. Normal doesn't mean everything they're going through is normal, Broad says he tells his patients. It just means it's not something else. Patients have come to him describing symptoms so unusual that they expect he won't believe them, an internal vibrating sensation, for example, and Broad is able to tell them that not only are their symptoms real, but he has seen them in a number of other long COVID patients. Not all patients have access to this kind of expertise. Most U.S. states have only a few long COVID clinics. Some have none at all. Some patients don't have a primary care doctor. As a result, long COVID clinicians have had to take on the role of filling gaps in the nation's medical system. Carnivali recalls one patient whom he diagnosed not with long COVID, but with uncontrolled diabetes, so severe that the person needed immediate treatment. These clinics, however, were not designed to carry a full weight of chronic illness care in a broken healthcare system. This is all very much indicative of a system that had never anticipated these kinds of care needs, Viswanathan says. And their care also doesn't reach patients who, like Peterman, delay testing because they've already chalked their symptoms up to long COVID. As doctors see more suspected long COVID cases, they will become increasingly skilled at its differential diagnosis, but patients will have to seek out that expertise. As a UK resident, Peterman could take advantage of her country's socialized healthcare system. Even so, it took many months for her to get her cancer diagnosis. If she could do it all over again, she says, she would have asked doctors about all her symptoms, not just her pain, and asked them to consider other possibilities when scans didn't turn up anything. If you know something's wrong, she says, push for answers. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, we look at the climate bill that's poised to electrify delivery vans and trucks. Checking in on Wired Science, the sprinkler system that can protect cities from wildfires. And on Wired Security, prepaid phones are looking good as privacy worries peak. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.